0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Celtic will take on Hearts for the Scottish Cup After a blockbuster weekend of semi-final action Two red cards for Aberdeen's players And Derek McInnes sent off after reacting to sectarian singing And Dave King says Rangers are now within tangible reach Of becoming the dominant force in Scottish football I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Do you know the worst part about daft songs? It ought to be enough for supporters to revel in what was an outstanding victory But somehow they feel they must make somebody else suffer at the same time Neil Lennon should have got the full chorus and verse of praise from the Celtic supporters at Hamden yesterday But instead they struck a sour note by aiming an offensive song at Derek McInnes Some people will never learn But it doesn't detract from two superb goals for Celtic And the setting up of the first Celtic Heart Scottish Cup final for 63 years What a day that was Alec I'll tell you about it something <laughs> Alex Ray on the field We yep. said that Scottish Cup semi-final weekend's always a big weekend Hearts doing the business in relatively comfortable fashion Celtic in comfortable fashion as well And now we welcome back the top flight at the end of this week as well Yeah absolutely I think Hearts and Celtic both breezed into the Scottish Cup final Gordon But you're absolutely right It's back to league business this weekend Post-split, uh, you know, Rangers have to try and claw some points. Dave uh, King's out today saying about tangible, you know, progress. And I think it's important for Rangers for these next five games to then try and bridge that gap. And I'd be interested, we'll still be talking points about Neil Lennon's future on the back of yesterday. Job done again. Uh, and I'm led to believe that, you know, um, there's interest from the English Championship from a club down there. I haven't spoken to someone today. 01419511025. That is the number you need to get in touch tonight. You can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Lots of talking points. So let's get stuck right in. We'll start with the weekend. We'll move on to Dave King and various other things a bit later on as well. Neil Lennon says, the performance against Aberdeen was the best they've had since he returned to the club he says Dominic Ball deserved to be sent off and he says Ryan Christie could have broken his eye socket or fractured his cheekbone well it's certainly the best the team's played in, in the time in terms of started the game very very well on the front foot created good chances you know we could have been one or two up I thought obviously Joe Lewis made a great save from Joe but from the corner we should have scored and then Johnny's got in and sort of mishit the shot so for me that's probably more than we created in the whole first half against Aberdeen at Celtic Park so there was a change a sea change in, um, in the mentality of the team going into the game we didn't let Aberdeen get settled into their defensive shape very often and we crossed the ball a lot more we put the ball in the good areas again that pleased me and uh, there was good intensity to our play obviously people talk about the sending off but for me it is a second yellow it's, it's a real bad one I don't think there's any real intention from Dominic to hurt Ryan but he's late in the challenge and um, you know, unfortunately we've lost Ryan to uh, could be potentially a very bad injury he was conscious at half time so we're not sure whether it's a broken eye socket or a fractured cheekbone according to the medical team we're hoping he'll be fit for you know the cup final when it comes around so we're looking at maybe three to four weeks out both myself and Derek heard the crack so it was a hell of a challenge and again I pushed no real intent from Dominic he was, he was just late uh, it's, it's tremendous It's a, a brilliant feeling Because there's a lot of pressure This week You know Pressure that I haven't Really experienced before And, and the circumstances Of the job And it can be quite awkward Really pleased with the, the performance First and foremost I felt more like it today Rather than being You know Slow and pedestrian we, we played with a lot of Attacking intent So I'm delighted with that And delighted we negotiated A very tough game Under a lot of scrutiny 
if you've been out of the country for four months and had wandered into Hamden yesterday, you would have thought, well, typical Brendan Rogers performance, that. And there were elements of Brendan Rogers about it. And I'm, I'm not detracting from Neil Lennon. I think it's a watershed moment for Neil. A very positive turning of the corner moment. There were the great goals from James Forrest and Tom Rogic, as you would have found under Brendan Rogers when Celtic went to Hamden for these occasions. And everything about Celtic was reminiscent of what had gone before Neil had to take over from Brendan Rodgers when he left for Leicester. So I think it was a major day for Neil Lennon. I think it's the gold star in the Jota. And I think it moves him a step closer to becoming the manager on a full-time basis. Yeah, they absolutely demolished Aberdeen, Hugh. I totally agree. Uh, I think the manner in which Celtic went about their business yesterday from the off, I think that was a key thing. They could have been two goals up within a couple of minutes. And um, having listened to Neil post-match and he was talking about the pressure of the, the game, it was on him because of, you know, coming into the, the job. Uh, you know, everybody thinks he's going to win the league and, and with the eight points, that's that's a given, I think. But when it was the pressure to retain this trophy was evident and but the performance for me was the key thing for me. Yep. Disappointed in Aberdeen's performance? Mm. I, I think Celtic took the game by the scruff of the neck literally from the first whistle. Within the first five minutes Jozo Simonovic had uh, brought out a terrific save from the Aberdeen goalkeeper Joe Lewis and then Simonovic missed a sitter thereafter. Uh, so, you know, Celtic started in such a fashion they blew Aberdeen off the park and Aberdeen Never at any stage Had a foothold in the game I think the senior players That they missed Gordon Were a a factor For Aberdeen You know The the, the young boys Struggled to cope With an extremely strong uh, Celtic team And when you look at Guys like McGinn Who's been Starting to have a bit of form uh, Of late Shinny has been one of the Kind of key guys In the middle of that park Keeping young Ferguson right And then you've got Logan At right back as well when you lose the players of that quality, Celtic can afford to lose players of quality because they have so much strength and depth. And when you look at their bench yesterday, but it was a demolish uh, job for uh, for Celtic yesterday. Uh, Neil Lennon there speaking about Dominic Balls sending off. Any complaints for you to None whatsoever. Uh, you know, he's on a booking anyway. He do you has think it was a be... booking, Hugh, the first one? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it, you know, the straightforward decision for Craig Thompson. His first tackle? And then, well, you know... For me, f- first tackle is like, you know, your first murder. I mean, <laughs> it's a foul, it's a foul. Yeah. Or a uh, yellow, a yellow. So he's a yellow card, and he has to be more cautious when the challenge is on mm. with uh, Ryan Christie. Mm. He's 60 40. He knows he's 60 40. He could have got himself out of the way. I'm not for one moment suggesting it was deliberate. I'm simply saying it was reckless, dangerous, and so it has proved to be because this is someone now, Ryan Christie, who is probably unlikely to play again this season. And then the Lewis Ferguson one, I've certainly not seen anyone try and defend that one, Alex, I must admit. No, and I think you could see where uh, Derek McInnes' reaction afterwards, Gordon, he was kind of categoric. He has just had a moment of madness. But if you look at his performance throughout uh, young Ferguson Now we've been on this programme Praising him You know Some of the goals he scored Some of his performances He's got to be in the running For the young player as well I think he's had such a good year When you consider He only played about 15 games For Hamilton But he has totally lost the plot there And he just puts his team In more uh, 
a difficult position due to the fact that you know down to nine men. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. What did you make of the football match yesterday? What did you make, perhaps, of the implications for Neil Lennon? Let's get stuck in on the phones. John is in Clyde Bank first. Happy after yesterday, John. Delighted, guys. Good evening. How are you doing? Hi, right, good, John. Um, I thought from the first minute when Scott took centre and Scott Brown run right at them, I thought yes, you could just tell from the first minute we're up for it and we're going to win. What my point was, I've got a point. Is he's led the headlines of the show about the sectarian singing aimed at McInnes, which is wrong and it's totally wrong. Where I was sitting, we were all putting our heads in our hands, and this needs to stop. But see, Aberdeen football. But this is what that was the headline. Aberdeen Football Club were a disgrace yesterday. Well, just before that headline, John came the words two red cards for Aberdeen players. Four, there was four red cards for the whole Aberdeen party yesterday, right? Yep. Uh, there were uh, also Mr. Thompson, the, the referee. I thought um, he let too much go too quick. Aberdeen were, le- were leaving something on the Celtic club at every chance they got, and which is fine. It's the letter of the law, but they were out to boot booters off the park, and it completely and utterly backfired on them. It backfired on them. Um, young, young, young Ferguson. For one example, he should have been yellow carded a lot sooner, and. and and the way he was going, he thought maybe with the rush of the blood to the head, he thought he wouldn't he'd get sent off and he might have got a yellow card. There was also where there was a definite penalty on, on Eduardo in the second half where he was pulling at his shirt and Thompson gave it the other way. You know, I thought the referee kind of, he still had a good game, but he let them go too far. He well, let them go too I, far. I, had you been listening to yesterday's programme, I don't know if you were. Uh, John might have been at the game That's you, fine We're talking about it now You would have you'd have heard me say That for Aberdeen It was a black day Because This is the Aberdeen Of Alec Ferguson This is the Aberdeen Of European glory And there they were Four red cards down uh, And you're right Craig Thompson missed Some Obvious decisions They could have made And I said on the programme That he's at least, at least he's consistent He's getting everyone wrong Uh so yeah It was a black day For Aberdeen That they were Blown off the park By Celtic But they lost Their discipline Entirely At the same time But I suppose At the same time John as frustrated As you are with it Aberdeen got two players Sent off Celtic got a penalty So is justice not served Is that not the way it works Aberdeen take the risk And Craig Thompson Punishes them accordingly John Is that to me To yep. me No 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 but I just thought See, for the, for the, from the first minute, they were, they were actually out to just beat us up in the, on the part. And, uh, that, that was their game plan. Well, actually, See, from the, the first, first minute, minute, if you go back over from the first minute, it, from the first minute, Jozo Seminovic is walking through them as if they weren't there. So there was no attempt to you, beat anyone you, up. Can I, can I explain to you? See, the Constantine, uh, remember the, the, the interception on Forest. Constantine doesn't get the ball Constantine waits for his stoot And the ball actually comes off the Eduardo and, and goes away But listen John 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 the, 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 officials, the officials have sent off Four Aberdeen people Celtic have wiped the floor with them On the park Yes they were over robust At one point in the programme yesterday I asked Gordon to tell me How many fouls Aberdeen had committed There were then ten men And I said to him in a couple of minutes time They're going to go down to nine men Unless they're careful And Sure enough A couple of minutes later The tackle on Rogic And off goes Lewis Ferguson So Yes They were out of order Yes they were poor Yes they were Blown away by Celtic 
And yes the referee Got some things wrong However <laughs> What about a word of praise For your own team Well this was the second point See a couple of weeks ago When I was at the, the Celtic versus the Rangers game I had two guys Sitting behind me That I'd never seen before And all they did Was slaughter James Forrest Right And so when he got the winner I delightfully turned around And said to him Do you want him to come And sit beside you After he stopped cheering Or do you want to Praise him on the park See, see, yes, see that, see that James Forrest. He has upped his game from the day Paddy Roberts set foot in Celtic Park, and was majestic again yesterday. I thought Neil Lennon got got spot on with his tactics. Um, Neil Lennon was thrown into the was thrown into the lines then because he took over a team that was depleted with injuries, people coming back, the form wasn't great, that there was that there was turmoil in the camp, and I think you look what he's done. He settled it. He's got us through to the domestic final again. He's got his unbeaten. He's, we're on the, the threshold of winning another league. And I think, that for me, Neil Lennon deserves another chance as a, as a Celtic manager, but gave the, the proper funds to help him succeed as Celtic manager. That's the most important mm. thing. Yeah, John mentions James Forrest there. Alex, yeah. how significant was his contribution yesterday? Oh, listen, I think we've been on the show saying he's a contender, if not one of the main contenders for player of the year. Um, it's an interesting point that John made there in terms of Patrick Roberts being the catalyst. That For me, it's all about Brendan Rodgers. The transformation in him as a player, coming in off of the line, and actually you can actually see it in the last couple of years in terms of his goal return. It's been absolutely unbelievable, Gordon. I think he was something like 16 or 17 last year, 22 this year. The assists that go with that, and that for me is coaching because... Watching James Forrest over the years He used to try and search the line all the time He never actually There's times that you actually see him beyond the first post Coming in off that right hand side And I think that's just a manager And it was interesting listening to James Madison Who's now working with Brendan Rodgers at the weekend Speaking on um, I think it was Soccer AM And he, he said that They're already goal setting to raise the bar so by actually raising the bar I think he's actually taking it to another level year I'll, throw, on year. I'll throw in another dimension Alec When Neil Lennon was in charge of Celtic's development squad Many years ago His protégé was James Forrest Forrest was always his boy And he brought him on And eventually brought him into the first team And now Life has gone full circle And Neil could be back for the second time As Celtic manager And Forrest is Arguably the top man at Celtic right now So Neil started his career And Neil might be handling the the, the peak years of his career Gordon I was just saying that John was saying there That he can uh, come into an environment Neil um, But if you look at the stats Directly after the winter break I think Brendan had won I don't think he'd lost a game So he wasn't coming into a place That was in turmoil He was actually coming into a place That had already been won On a regular basis 0141 That's the number you need Another John on the line This one from Rutherglen Hi John Hi panel uh, Good John. evening to you all Hi John Um I totally agree with every single thing that's been said so far, in particular the last caller. I think that was, uh, he actually stole my thunder, I would say, but Hugh Keevans uh, backed him up as well to a certain extent. Well, um, I'll come out at two different points. One is is obviously about Neil Lennon um, being the next Celtic manager. But I think more importantly for me, and I think it's been highlighted this whole year throughout the football season, about about the chanting that goes on. Uh, I, I really don't know why uh, Derek McInnes yesterday made a thinly veiled attempt 
at bringing Celtic fans into it when it was fairly obvious that Celtic fans were singing it and what's going to happen to them, he said. You know, we don't need these comments. He's a professional manager, apparently. Neil Lennon has, has had ten times as much abuse as with Derek McInnes. I, I, would, I would not dispute that. Uh, I've said before on this programme, the number of people who have gone to prison for offences against Neil Lennon is this country's shame. However, John, let's be serious here. We've had a terrible season of it with misbehaviour off the park. We've had Steve Clark referring to the dark ages where Scotland is concerned and sectarian chanting is concerned. So, if Derek McInnes objected to what was being directed towards him, then Derek McInnes is right. And it's Police Scotland's affair now to look into it. That should be embarrassing and it will be embarrassing for Peter Lawwell and it will be embarrassing for Neil Lennon because he's a good pal of Derek McInnes. And as I said at the start, is it not enough to celebrate what was an outstanding victory for Celtic with superb goals, a place in the final, the treble treble still on, Neil Lennon still undefeated. Is that not enough without aiming an offensive song at Derek McInnes? I've, I'll, I'll quickly finish this up uh, on this point. I've been actually, I'm probably about the same age as yourself, Hugh. I've been going to Celtic, Celtic matches since the late 50s, probably the very early 60s, and I've listened to all this abuse being, being hurled at Celtic supporters by obviously by Rangers fans in particular. And vice Over versa, do you mean that as well, John? Vice versa? Of course, yeah. Right, yeah, okay. because that's part. That's part of football in Scotland. That's what we are living in dark ages. Yeah, but people are trying to change that, John. That's, yeah. that's all they're asking. You're, you're, criti- you're criticising Derek McInnes while admitting that we are in the dark ages. You're criticising Derek McInnes for bringing it up. Listen, how many other people have brought it up? How many managers have brought it up? And they're quite it right. Does, it does, every it time it happens, it every time it happens, people McInnes. should. Every time it happens, people should bring it up. Absolutely. Stevie Clark was quite right to say it. And you've had a f- the, the, the same song with a wee change of words directed at Stephen Gerrard. Chris Boyd. It, it's Chris Boyd, Neil Lennon. They're all victims of it. And it's got to stop. But it won't stop because for people in this part of the world, that's a lifestyle choice. They prefer being that way. 0141-951-1025. Thank you to John in Rutherglen. Uh, Neil Lennon has been talking about what yesterday's result meant for him. He's been talking about his future discussions with Dermot Desmond. And we'll bring you what he had to say on that after the travel. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. It's Hugh Evans and Alex Ray here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Looking back on yesterday's game between Aberdeen and Celtic, so many talking points. And of course, the reality is, Hugh, it's the chance to face Hearts in the final after they did their business on Saturday. Remarkable that uh, it's been 63 years since uh, Celtic met Hearts in a Scottish Cup final. 1956. I wasn't there. I was primary two schoolboy at the time, so I was too young. Uh, but uh, I remember Hearts won 3 1. Uh, Hearts were a big force in the land at that time, you know, the, uh, possibly at that time bigger than Celtic. Uh, so they won 3 1. Uh, and, you know, Celtic supporters now revel in season after season of triumph, going for a treble treble. But, you know, they, they, they won a cup the following year, the League Cup, by beating Rangers in 1957, and then didn't win another trophy for eight years. 
Eight years Can you imagine Celtic Going eight years Without a trophy now However it sets up A wonderful final And in fact It's the last league game Of the season as well So you're going to have Celtic versus Hearts At Celtic Park Followed by Celtic versus Hearts At Hampden Park Joe is in Edinburgh Hi Joe Hi there How you doing guys Not too bad Joe What's on your mind tonight I just uh, First of all I thought Celtic Were absolutely tremendous Yesterday Mm -hmm. And and as you said It kind of sets us up For a real bit of history uh, At the end of the season And he talked there About season after season Of triumph And I think my point is In the last two games Against our biggest rivals So against Rangers At Parkhead And then again yesterday the real indiscipline that's been shown not just by the players but by the managers of the other teams, you know, and I think they're really setting the tone, you know, Stephen Gerrard and, and, and Derek McInnes yesterday. You know, is the frustration of Celtic's domestic uh, sort of dominance getting too much? Because actually these guys should be role modelling how to behave. And in the last two games, they've clearly not. Both of them have been reported to the SFA. One of them's been sent off. Instead of you know, calling out the behaviour and the indiscipline of their players, they're actually justifying it. And, and yeah, I just wonder if the frustration is getting too much now. I don't think Derek McInnes uh, attempted to justify too much yesterday. He agreed that uh, Lewis Ferguson's tackle was uh, a certain red card. He had his reservations about Dominic Ball. Uh, and, you know, he overreacted to, in the eyes of the match officials, he overreacted. Uh, to the, the chants that were coming his way uh, It was a, a bad day for Aberdeen they, they they lost the plot Use whatever cliche you like And their indiscipline was there for all to see But I think we, we, to go back to Stephen Gerrard uh, He had something to say about the referee's performance In private and, and the tunnel, and, yeah. yeah And then he was he, he got a one-match suspension Which he readily accepted I don't think that's consistent with Stephen Gerrard having lost the plot You know can I give it? On you go. He, he, he justified, not just justified uh, Halliday's behaviour at the end of that game, but he actually said he would have done it himself. Andy Halliday ran 40, 50 yards to get an altercation with another player. Uh, I think Derek McInnes yesterday did try to justify uh, the, the, the the ball challenge by comparing it to a, a tackle from Dedrick Boyata in a previous game. And I, I just think these guys have got a real responsibility. The, the indiscipline in both their teams, for me, you, you can relate back to their own indiscipline. I think you're painting a picture that's exaggerated, to be perfectly honest. You know, the Celtic are by far the dominant side in the country. That's why they're going for the treble treble. Of course, it's a source of frustration to everyone else. As, as Neil Lennon said prior to the semi-final with Aberdeen, nobody wants to see Celtic win it except Celtic. And that's fair enough. That's the nature of rivalry. Uh, so it's great for Celtic supporters It's frustrating for the rest Who are trailing in their slipstream But I think you're painting a picture Of opposition managers That is exaggerated Yeah, looking uh, back to, to Joe's point I, I agree with yesterday in terms of um, The players lost the plot I think Derek McInnes was frustrated At a particular thing that happened off the field I don't. Prior to that I didn't see him lose the plot Or such um, Come back to the Stephen Gerrard incident. Now he's talking about something that was asked post match in terms of something went on, and that's if that's Stephen Gerrard's perspective of it. I would like to get involved as well. Is is what he said, but the actual reality is he was actually quite, I would say, restrained because restrained rather. At the time. Aye, because he's actually waiting for the referee to go up the tunnel, mm. whereas it would be very easy to do it and actually lose the plot in front of everyone. But he's actually done it in a manner. He took it. He took the punishment. So. 
I think Joe's looking for something there It's no uh, actually the case I think on behalf of everyone The last thing we need Is to talk about The immediate aftermath Of that Celtic Rangers game again Let's just give yeah. ourselves At least another few days break Before well, we come back you know, to it Because the, we've the authorities, done it to death The authorities have taken that one Under their wing uh, they, They've charged both clubs Both clubs With failure to control their players uh, And that, that will be dealt with In due course So at the end of that game Yeah it was overheated That can happen in that game I think we've got enough to contend with After that weekend Neil Lennon revealed he's been given No promises by Dermot Desmond That will be in the hot seat next season Desmond uh, told the speculation About other managers is nonsense But Neil Lennon says He's no closer to knowing his own future Whether it's, it uh, has any impact on my future or not, I don't know I spoke to Dermot yesterday He said all the speculation All the noise is just nonsense And I knew that anyway Because these are class people I work for and I've worked for before and I know the way they work and I know it was just conjecture and speculation. So they leave me to get on with the job, which was obviously reassuring, but I didn't need that reassurance anyway. But yeah, there's a lot of pressure going on in the game just because of the significance of the game. You know, if we'd have lost, the treble treble's gone, you know, type of stuff and the cup record's gone. So it's really important, you know, to negotiate that off the back of a not great performance against Livingston. If they haven't dismissed the noise of all the speculation, Neil, did he mention anything to you that you're going to sit down at some point? No. He's a tough man. He's very demanding, but that's why he is who he is. So Again, I've had no guarantees, no promises, no reassurances. I'm here to do a job and take it game by game. And all the noise, look, I'm, I'm older now, you know what I mean? I can take it all. Maybe 10 years ago I got a bit upset about it or annoyed, but not now. If the club proceeds the best way forward is to go somewhere else, then who am I to argue with that? I'm here. I've only been here like two months or whatever, so I'm enjoying it to a certain degree. It's it's difficult because you're inheriting a very good team and they were going going well, and you don't want to spoil that. So it's been a real balancing act for me on a personal level. But it's a good experience. Again, it's something that you know I've not sort of experienced before, and it's an, it's a good challenge. A really different kind of pressure than what I faced before in my career. I thought the team turned the corner under Neil Lennon yesterday They had been undefeated but unconvincing Up until they played Aberdeen And uh, they were Reminiscent of a Brendan Rodgers side yesterday And I do think that Neil Lennon is in pole position To become permanent manager I do think that some of the names put forward Like Rafa Benitez, AVB, Roberto Martinez uh, I don't think they're attainable targets Some have Chosen to distance themselves from the job I think other names Who have put themselves forward By hook or by crook uh, Are on the rebound from years of underachievement And wouldn't be considered by Celtic So I think that Neil Lennon Is in pole position Is taking it all in a very mature way Will get to the end of the season And that Dermot Desmond In conjunction with Peter Lawwell Will then arrive at their decision But right now He's progressing in a very satisfactory direction Where his prospects are concerned Yeah absolutely I think uh, yesterday's performance here Was most certainly uh, As you say A gold star In Neil's feather um, One of the things uh, Over the course it's, it's, I, I agree with Neil there When he actually talks about In terms of I'm 10 years older I'm looking at things differently He seems a lot more calmer Than he has oh. been in, in recent times And uh, you know He's most certainly in pole position That's for sure Yeah Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Frank is a Celtic fan in Kilmarnock. Hi, Frank. Hi. Good evening, lads. Hi, Hi, Frank. What did you make of yesterday? Well, I uh, I'm probably older than you, which wow. makes me makes me unique. I would say <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Steady on, Frank. Um, 
Uh, all right, Hugh. I went to my first Celtic game, uh, oh, what, when I was, uh, what, 60, 65 years ago in Queen of the South, beat us 1-0. I remember it well. But yesterday when I watched the game, I saw a different uh, style. Totally different style. Previous, and uh, you go uh, past since Brendan Rodgers and Dyle was there, Yesterday, how many times did we pass it back to the goalkeeper? Hardly any. How many times did we play across the midfield and the back four? Hardly any. This was all out old-fashioned Celtic, as I call it. Attack, 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 get the crowd on their feet. Attack, attack, and the amount of long balls that went down to Dembele. He got more long balls down to him yesterday as he has in the past uh, two years. It's a totally different style. And while Neil Lennon said a few weeks ago he will uh, keep the team playing the way they've been playing, oh, no, he didn't. He changed it yesterday. And I've got no agenda. I'm not saying we should get the manager job, but he changed it yesterday. Well, there's certainly... Th- Unarguably the best performance since Neil took over from Brendan Rodgers And Aberdeen had no answer to anything that Celtic did Not from the first whistle until the last whistle Uh, So that's why I say it had the feeling of A team turning the corner under Neil Lennon And that, you know, I think Peter Lawwell would have given Dermot Desmond a very satisfactory report on, on what took place It's interesting what Frank says For me it was actually going back to The way that Brendan had them playing when they were flying It was the exact same setup From the off there was an intent there The way they went about it They had a swagger They steamrolled them And that, was for, that looked more familiar to me Of the last couple of years Rather than the last couple of months Where yeah. they've been huffing and puffing Yeah, Tactically how did it unfold Alex Because Aberdeen have had a bit of success yeah. By getting the midfield And sort of going man for man And trying to match up But what yeah. you saw very early on was that every time Christopher Iyer or Jozo Simunovic got the ball, they would just carry it forward, and then that causes Aberdeen to to, to, to try and readjust, yes. and then that's when the space opens up, isn't it? Gordon, they never got to get up to it at all. Uh, and I was saying to you prior to the show, um, you know, I know Big Cosgrove has actually scored, you know, what twenty goals, twenty one goals, or whatever it is. His level of press yesterday was embarrassing for me. He he didn't have a clue what he was actually required to do because at time after time. And that's his credit to Simunovic and Ayer. They recognised that he's, he's, he, was, he was trying to close him down and they were just stepping in front of him and he didn't have a clue whether to, to, to go back into this place, the space and block up that, that area. And once that first block from the two strikers was actually breached, Celtic just got time after time, wave after wave. And then when it became narrow, then the outballs was the wide guys, the two the two fullbacks. And, and they, they, as I said, they, they terrorised him. But... Aberdeen just could not handle that kind of level of player stepping forward. If you look at the reaction when the team lines came out, Hugh, Johnny mm. Hayes would have gone down as a surprise selection. Was yep. Neil Lennon vindicated in that? Without question. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Hayes did everything that was asked of him. Uh, not just being brought down for the penalty, which Odson Edward scored, uh, but he kept it wide uh, and stretched Aberdeen all over the place. Uh, and what can you say? The manager... Chose the right team He got the right result And now there should only be One thing on Neil Lennon's mind To go to Easter Road Next Sunday 
to win there if he can and set up what would be a title winning day at Celtic Park against Kilmarnock they have they have some uh, squad of players Gordon when you actually look at, when I looked at the bench yesterday and, and we were talking on Saturday about who would come into the team Johnny Hayes is the number one go-to guy on the left-hand side now Sinclair seems to be me a couple of rungs back down the ladder when you look at the bench when they had like guys like Tolyan alone 6 million quid they had uh, Benkovic 11 Sinclair 3.5-4 Rogic and Cham and the young boy Weir and you think to yourself Burke's not even in the, the equation here uh, so when you look at that the riches that they have is, is worrying for everyone else mm. 01419511025 that's the number you need and we'll hear from Derek McInnes next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation They know the score Talk to Thompson's.com Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans are here with me Gordon Duncan You can give us a call Or you can tweet at Clyde SSB There's not much that elbows Scottish football out the way on this programme Hugh But mm-hmm. I just looked up behind you Yes And the, the scenes from Augusta last night Tiger Woods appeared on it Even you must have enjoyed that I know you're a bit oh, of a yeah. golf cynic But a sporting no, triumph I love watching golf on television And I do fully appreciate mm. That a man winning his first major since 2005 A man who has been through the personal trauma that he's been through A man who has let himself down as he has done But comes back to take his place at the pinnacle of his sport Then of course No one said that sporting heroes have to be whiter than white They do have character flaws And he has his But Tiger Woods, you can only say A sensational comeback I was uh, absolutely blown away. I actually love the Masters, uh, the back nine on a, a Sunday afternoon. I thought the emotion in which he showed on the day, his little boy, his family, his mother, I just loved everybody. And uh, it's great because the thing is, you're actually trying to relay how good a player this is to your kids. You know, mm. my young daughter was watching it with his, not a great interest in, in golf, Gordon, but I was like, this guy's the man, <laughs> look at his emotion. Anyway, back to the real deal. 0141951 David is in Hillington As a, a Celtic fan David Who was your main man yesterday Who stood out for you? Um, well I suppose you, 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 you can't take James Forrest Off off the front page with that Because He just turns up um, Again I, I noticed I was watching it yesterday His goal came from the centre of the park Again um, And he seems to be getting in And getting the goals through there um, I think he's had a great deal with his game. Johnny Hayes stood out a wee bit as well, to be honest. The best game I've seen him playing a Celtic shot, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we all played well here. Yeah, I think the tactics were right and the performances were right. Soon be getting back to a groove with I, the players that were out, out injured back in the team. <laughs> well. I, I think uh, collectively, David, I thought Celtic to a man were excellent. But it all for me, we spoke about Ayer and Simunovic as well because. The way they started off, the wave after wave of attack from the very off, just set the tempo for Celtic. But then they obviously the key guys, you know, uh, Forrest, you know, when you look at that goal he scored, just touched upon it about 10, 15 minutes ago in terms of the amount of goals this guy is bringing to the, the table is phenomenal. And again, it goes back to coaching because that was something he didn't have in his game uh, a couple of years ago. And he has gone for strength to strength and... Top player What about David's point About another one Coming from the middle Of the park Is there a real Positional change Going on in the last Couple of years Maybe it's an Intelligence thing I, I don't know Is that something That's been added Well most certainly But if you actually Look at uh, Sinclair uh, As well now Hughes We've obviously Had a wee bit of go At Sinclair At periods over this season Where mm-hmm. he hasn't Really hit the form But his goal To game ratio Is absolutely brilliant Similar to James Forrest 
But Forrest brings a lot more to the table yeah. in terms of dynamic tracking back the whole bit. But if you look at Brendan Rodgers' teams, the two wide guys have contributed, I would say, what, 40 goals the last couple of years minimum. James Forrest is almost touching 40 goals for the last two seasons alone. It's a phenomenal return And that comes to coaching There's just a greater maturity And composure about him When you think of the goal He scored against Hibs In the Scottish Cup tied Easter Roads It was quite similar wasn't it Yeah When you think of the composure Under pressure When he scored the goal Against Rangers When he takes the pass from Edward uh, And When you think of what he did yesterday This is just a guy At the peak of his powers David we just heard from Neil Lennon Not so long ago Saying that He's not been given any promises By Dermot Desmond About the job But he has told him That all the speculation About these other names Is nonsense What do you make of that Situation now Have you have you changed your mind at all After yesterday I said I was on this programme A couple of weeks ago And I said to you That Neil wasn't Wasn't the top of my list He, he, he told me He felt that it was about That was Really um, unfair because he was in the job. I don't know what still isn't top of my list. What I do think yesterday is maybe the past few weeks have been about getting the points on the board, getting the, the, the getting through it. And he said a chance over the past week or two weeks or whatever to settle down and do things. He was always going to be in contention whether he took the interim post or not. He was always going to be on the list to some degree. But as been said, I think over the weekend, Celtic board have a, a duty to look at all options. That includes Neil Lennon But all options Because if they do want to go to the next level in Europe I don't necessarily believe that Neil's Get the back The, the managerial experience for that David, I don't think he has David Just sorry But David You said that he's not at the top Do you have a particular name Or even a couple of names Just to throw in the mix Listen we can, I can give you five names And some people would say They're pie in the sky if Rafa Benita is interested I think he would be perfect But is, is he out of a reach Very possibly But possibly not Because he's the type of guy That does tend to take These clubs um, But I don't know So that would be Are we ever going to get I wouldn't take Andrew Villas boss I don't think he's, he's Again I don't think His performances of the past few years I think he should never Get the Chelsea job That was always a bad decision For me um, David Moyes Wouldn't be top of my list either But then again, as I say, we've got to be realistic as well. I do under everybody understands that, but you've just got to see who is genuinely interested. That's not that's not going to come down to the fans at this stage. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. However, let me ask you this question, David. You said that uh, you're, you're sceptical about whether Neil Lennon would have it to take Celtic to the another level in Europe. Mm-hmm. Would he be right for ten in a row? Well, yeah, I mean, that, that I was actually going to say that in so much as it depends. If you want to concentrate solely on 10 in a row and maybe put Europe in the back burner, then Neil goes higher up the list. Yes, of course you, he does. You, you're the Celtic supporter. You pay your money. You tell me. I think 95% of the Celtic support are more concerned about 10 in a row than they are about the Champions League. Yeah, but yes, it, it goes back to Gordon's point the other day when we were talking about Champions League money, which gives you that ability to then kind of continue but, to finance. But David has just said, mm. in answer to my question, David has just said, absolutely. Yeah, no, but, yeah, but you, you seem, help, supporter, you, you, you but seem really intent on, on, on separating the two. The best chance of getting tennis to get Champions League and give you the extra 30 million to do it. Well, Celtic have got money and they can strengthen the squad. Yeah, of course. I mean, this is not to say. That you can't qualify for the Champions League While still going for 10 in a row David has just confirmed though That 95% of the Celtic sport In his estimation Value 10 in a row Above the Champions League I'll get you to stop making them pick one or the other eventually But uh, David hang on the line And I'll get your thoughts on this We'll hear from Derek McInnes 
Uh, at the moment he says he was sent off Remember this is what he said after he was sent off For reacting to sectarian singing uh, The Aberdeen boss says he shouldn't have done it But he also thinks Dominic Ball's red card Was harsh The game totally changed on the sending off And of course I'm the Aberdeen manager And I'm going to sit here and I think I thought it was extremely harsh It's a difficult one for that We've all played the game And I mean that ball bounces Both players have got to go for it And it's ended up with young Ryan Having a bad injury It was late and I think it was totally accidental I need to remind people about When Boyata took Gary Mackay Stevens right out that was deemed for me a reckless challenge. It wasn't a penalty kick, it wasn't a, a yellow card offence. And even worse, when Ferguson gets sent off. That is a red card that was deserved. Something he needs to learn for. He's allowed his frustration to get the better of him. Um, that was a frustrating day for all of us. I've been sent off as well for being frustrated. And for that, I apologise and, and I'm wrong and I'll take my punishment. As will young Lewis and we'll, we'll learn from it together. Was your reaction due to some sectarian abuse you were receiving from the Celtic fans? Um, well, aye, and I'd let it go the first time, but it was, you know, I shouldn't react, and I'll take my punishment, uh, and I was wrong to do so, I should be better than that. But when testing to see if everybody gets punished for instant, but I shouldn't have reacted to it. I've heard that song a hundred times aimed at me, and I've never reacted to it. So I think the frustration maybe for the game has played a part in that. So the referee or the fourth official deemed my reaction a red card offence. If it is, it is, and I'll take my punishment for that. I think it'll be in the delegates' report, which is... Pleasing, refreshing, because it's not always in a delegate's report when they hear sectarian singing. Certainly wasn't in the last time in the cup final here. It's not my battle, that. it's not my fight, that. that's for others to condemn. But for my small part in that, I, I say I take responsibility for my own actions. Like I say, I didn't react the first time, I did the second time. If that's deemed a red card offence, I'll take my punishment. Now, Celtic have issued a statement this evening. I'll read it to you. Chants, quite short. Chanting of this nature should have no place in football, and we condemn this wholeheartedly. We hope the authorities also take the same interest in offensive chanting directed at Celtic Football Club and our supporters at yesterday's match and other games. We're sort of back here again, David, on the line. What, what, what do you make of all this? Right, I'll deal with the, the, the chants first of all, if that's okay, right. They need to stop. Everybody knows that. There was a guy on the phone earlier on saying they had his heads in his hands. The question I would ask him is, will you report the guys that were doing it to the authorities? And if the answer is no, then they're part of the problem as well. The way to stop this is simple. Stop these fans going to the game. You tell, identify these guys that were there yesterday. And I don't just mean guys, I mean uh, all, all, people's all genders who were singing yesterday and tell them they ain't getting tickets for the cup final. And if the supporters clubs and buses are involved, tell them the same thing. You do that, hearts as well, because they've got the, the similar issues. This stops. You do, you do that and tell these guys they ain't going to these big games. They don't do it. It's as simple as that. The clubs, like Ann Budge's been, need to be at the forefront of this doing it for themselves and, and stop passing the buck on it or it happens to us as well. You stop your guys doing it, then I'll identify the people who don't want to stop more than anything else. I'll say this for Ann Budge. Ann Budge put class before cost. She knows that to close a part of the ground at Tynecastle will cost the club money, of course it will. But she's not having Hart's name sullied in this way anymore. So she has been proactive. And you're right, everyone should be proactive. Let it be said, whether the chanting, and I do understand from social media that some of the chanting from the Aberdeen supporters yesterday was equally despicable. Chanting of any sort that is as despicable as was able to be heard yesterday and other grounds over the course of this season. Racist chants which have been heard into the bargain. All of it, all of it, no matter the club involved, all of it is to be condemned wholeheartedly, as Celtic have said in their statement. What do you make of Celtic's statement overall, Hugh? 
Well, first of all, they have said of their own supporters that they condemn this wholeheartedly. Now, Celtic have got to be proactive with their fans because the pyrotechnics, the chants, uh, it's got to be addressed. I mean, Oren Kearney said when Celtic were at St Mirren, the idea did cross his mind to take his team off the park. So Just Celtic- because we're a bit... We are running very late for the news Just specifically on, on tonight's And on, on the statement if you can They have criticised the Celtic support But they have also drawn attention To another club's support uh, So They're right to criticise their own supporters People will look at the other part about. We hope that they'll look at other teams And say it's whataboutery However It did take place And Celtic are right to mention it I think it's time for us to do this With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. After we play Beat the Pundit, we're going to be looking at that statement made by Dave King today. Rangers fans, what do you make of it? He's talking about the future, backing Steven Gerrard. What do you think they need to do? What about being intangible reach or becoming the dominant force in Scottish football? We'll get to that after Beat the Pundit. It's your chance to take on Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray. So 01419511025. Do it quick because you only have until the news at 7. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan. Give us a call, send us a tweet. Dave King has issued a statement today to Rangers fans. He says they're within tangible reach of becoming the dominant force in Scottish football. So the question to you is. Do you agree? Yes or no? That's quite simple He also talks about adding a few players In the summer backing Stephen Gerrard If that's the case Rangers fan What do you need? 01419511025 We'll get to that next Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday It is time for Beat the Pundit Tommy is on the line He's from Livingston How are you tonight Tommy? Uh, no bad, no bad guys yourself Yeah, not too bad at all Now you're going to be taking on either Hugh Keevans or Alex Ray But the problem is Hugh's been a bit busy during the ad break for the news He's, yes. been, uh, yes. he's been communicating with some sporting heavyweights you what to, you What's, what's the Nokia been up to? The global appeal of Super Scoreboard <laughs> Go for it <laughs> Craig Connolly, caddy to the famous Is in a car leaving the Augusta National in Georgia Listening to Super Scoreboard Now Before he went over to Georgia Alex, We're big time Hugh that's what, that's, That doesn't surprise me I was looking for stuff To auction For Special needs school Where my daughter works And he gave me A glove Signed by Tiger Woods so, Value of said glove Went well, through the roof last night well, But you've already sold it So there I've, we go I've just told Craig That he will get his reward in heaven Anyway enough about that Heads Hugh is going to be taking on Tommy And Tails It will be Alex Ray And it is Heads So it's Hugh Keevans With his Tiger Woods glove on Up against Tommy In Livingston Tommy I'm going to give Hugh Some Clyde 2 And make sure he can't hear us He's giving me the thumbs up We'll get your clock up And running Tommy 30 seconds Head to head You can pass Here is your chance To beat the pundit Are you ready? Yep Who does former Celtic striker Moussa Dembele play for? Leon. Who will Glasgow City face in the final of the Scottish Women's Premier League Cup? Hibs. Where did Rangers sign Wes Fotheringham from? Sheffield Wednesday. Who was the first Aberdeen player to be sent off in yesterday's game? Dominic Ball. Who did Chris Burke play for immediately before joining Kilmarnock? Pass. Who did Rangers beat in the final the last time they won the Scottish Cup? And Mark De Vries played for Hearts and which other Scottish side? 
Mark De Vries played for Hearts and which other Scottish team? Okay. Uh, right, let's bring Hugh Keevens back. Hugh, are you with us? I am. You are. Great stuff. Same set of questions to you. Are you ready? Okay. Who does former Celtic striker Moussa Dembele play for? Lyon. Who will Glasgow City face in the final of the Scottish Women's Premier League Cup? Hibs. Where did Rangers sign Wes Fotheringham from? Blackburn. Who was the first Aberdeen player to be sent off in yesterday's game? Uh, Dominic Ball. Who did Chris Burke play for immediately before joining Kilmarnock? Pass. Who did Rangers beat in the final the last time they won the Scottish Cup? Uh, Dundee. Mark De Vries played for Hearts and which other Scottish side? Pass. I can't, honestly, I can't believe you passed the last question. You just guess a name. Anyway. Uh, Tommy, what do you think? Yeah, of course, of course. So? Mm, let's find out how close uh, Leon is where Moussa Dembele plays at the moment. 1 0. You both knew Hibs are going to be up against Glasgow City in the final of the Scottish Women's Premier League Cup. 2 0. Where did Rangers sign Wes Fotheringham from? Swindon. It was Swindon. Oh. So it's 2 0 after three questions. It then became 3 0 because Dominic Ball was the first Aberdeen player to be sent off. Where did Chris Burke play Immediately before Kilmarnock Cardiff He was up at Ross County Remember oh. I think everyone's forgetting that So it's 3 all Who did Rangers beat in the final The last time they won the Scottish Cup Dundee United Nope I said Dundee didn't I Falkirk Falkirk, Falkirk Burns There we go uh, Mark De Vries played for Hearts And which other Scottish club It really all comes down to this Because it's 3 all at the moment You said pass uh-huh. And Tommy said Dundee United which is right And the oh. sign ball goes to Tommy Well done to well you Well done Tommy Thank you very much There we are oh, Is that like a fan club oh, In the background yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm picking a wee boy up To football And I've got the running club here. Oh magnificent <laughs> he's, he's, he's playing to the gallery I can imagine he's celebrating the Well done Well done Tommy The sign ball is on its way so, Tommy's got a ball For the, the boys to play with In there the background Absolutely not It should be in a glass case On the mantelpiece okay, the boys, even yeah. oh, You pick out the guy You don't like And you kick that panel Of the ball there we go. Listen, it wasn't your finest. wasn't your finest attempt. But you're, you're distracted with all this talk of Tiger Woods and Augusta and all the rest of it. It's it went, no, it went no to your loss. head. No loss, but Tommy gets. Absolutely. Well done to Tommy. Your chance to beat the pundit will be back on tomorrow night's show at the same time at seven o'clock. Uh, Rangers fans, we keen to hear from you because Dave King has issued a statement this afternoon. The headline, or one of them, is that he says that the club are now within tangible reach of becoming the dominant force in Scottish football. So. Very simply, do you agree? Yes or no? And uh, in a bit more depth, he talks about backing Mark Allen and Stephen Gerrard in the summer. If that's the case, what do you need? What do you need in the summer? You tell us 0141 951 1025. That's the line that's jumping out at everyone, Hugh. It's the one that everyone's arguing yeah. about. Now, are, are Rangers within tangible reach of becoming a dominant force in Scottish football? In a word, no. Uh, uh, they've got a long way to go. To become the dominant force in Scottish football You're going to have to overcome a club Who have won the last seven domestic trophies Who are on the verge of making it eight And possibly nine Domestic trophies in succession uh, Who have made history With a double treble And now aim for History once again with a treble treble So in order to become the dominant force in Scottish football You've got a long way to travel From where Rangers are at this precise moment I I understand why Dave King has said these things He's making a sales pitch The season tickets have gone up by 5% That's, that's, for me, that's not exactly taking advantage of people I'll, I'll let Rangers supporters tell me whether it is or it isn't But he's making a sales pitch And part of his sales pitch Involves playing to the gallery and saying We're on the verge of becoming the dominant force in Scottish football 
Okay, if if you if they're not within tangible reach of becoming the dominant force in Scottish football, what what would what would it take for that to be the case? Is it a trophy? Is it once well, once a trophy's won? Is that is that the start of it? Is it more than that? Well, that's what tangible means for me. That's why I always say that Rangers are a club in search of a tangible sign of their return from the wilderness of the the the, the years spent in the lower orders and all the rest of it. One trophy. Does not make me the dominant force in Scottish football They are going to have to return In a Celtic-like manner They are To be the dominant force in Scottish football They are going to be Required To win A, a whole lot of trophies They have to uh, <clears throat> Recruit Players That are better Than currently there Gordon And that takes money Now I think he's uh, I've said in the last few weeks as well My information is that he will be back In the summer Stephen Gerrard And they have to bring in better quality where Rangers have stumbled this year And I think it's evident for everyone to see Is fairly obvious that it's been consistency And they have to find quality from middle to front Where they can unlock doors And they have options when it becomes really tricky To try and grind out a result And then they have to find a way Of getting on some sort of run um, But I think I think this season's been a really Interesting one in the fact that They've had to negotiate Most of the squads had to negotiate as well with a European campaign which entails 14 games and coming back and winning so that will put them in good stead I think they'll be a better place next year I think the squad are better hence the reason you know when you see uh, the result on the 29th of December because for me if you look back a year ago Celtic were steamrolling uh, you know um, Rangers so they have to now find players of quality and maybe try and keep a hold of Ryan Kent as well in the bargain well that's the bit that you're referring to The statement says The team requires a further upgrade And the board will continue to back Mark and Stephen Who fully understand Rangers must win titles and cups And plans are already in place For the recruitment in the summer window So Rangers fans What do you make of the statement overall And what do you make of that bit there What, what does that recruitment plan look like What should it look like there's You tell only, us There's only one tangible thing That the Rangers supporters require And that's a league to be won Either next season Or the one after They'll bother about the dominant force in Scottish football after that. But for Rangers supporters, the most important thing is the league is won next season or the season thereafter to stop Celtic getting the 10. Martin is a Rangers fan in Bonness. Hi, Martin. Hi, guys. Good evening. Hi, Hi Martin. Martin. What's your take on this then? Uh, well, it's given some fans hope. Um, I'm a hopeful Rangers fan, and I do agree that um, Stephen Gerrard, the man to take us forward, but I just worry that. Potentially with a wee bit short on time, short on players, and short on cash. Last I heard, we were running at a loss. I wonder where we're going to get money to fund these new players that are coming in. If we want to keep Ken, we're even close to what, £12 million? Pounds? I mean, when was the last time we spent £12 million in one player? We just don't have the funds for it. Um, I'm hopeful that Rangers will stop 10 in a row. I'm not interested in dominating football, Scottish football at this very moment. Um, I want to stop 10 in a row, but I just can't see... There's a light at the end of the tunnel with us just now Just simply the fact the lack of time we've got Lack of funds And lack of players that we just can't seem to find that quality Ma- Martin, going back to the, the Ryan Kent They will not be able to afford £12 million Stephen Gerrard said though that it's, it's not as much as that anyway yeah, but It wouldn't but be 12 but it still may be too much Whatever yeah, it is For me, uh, the only feasible uh, return for him would be in a loan deal uh, There's been mooted that Stephen Gerrard may well go down and speak to the hierarchy And say to them, listen He's developing very well with us. Give us another year and he'll be better again and he may well get uh, better figures. Um, as I said earlier on, my understanding is that they manage, you know, they've obviously had the share issue. 
Uh, they've also got the, the European money as well to come in. You've got share money, uh, sorry, the season ticket money. So they, whatever way you look at it, Gordon, they need to bring in and find money to support this management team. Otherwise, if you don't bring in players of quality, the, the gap won't get bridged. Yeah, that's. but I think Martin, uh, I'm glad, has underlined the point that I was making that domination can come later. All that the Rangers fans are interested is in deflection. Deflect Celtic away from 10 in a row uh, and let Rangers stop it and that will be enough for the Rangers supporters. Then they'll think about domination. Uh, but Martin's right, there's only one target in Celtic's mind and therefore there is only one Impediment in the Rangers supporters' minds They have to stop Celtic Either next season or the one after I mean Martin Dave King says the, 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 the Stephen Gerrard will be backed in the summer We'll have to wait to find out what that means To what extent Personnel-wise Martin What do you hope it means? Who Who's not up to it? Who is surplus to requirements? What type of area do you need to improve? To be honest with you I'm still not convinced of our two centre-backs I know Warrell's going back to Nottingham Forest um, Potentially, Katic and Gold can, Goldson can strike up another partner similar like he did at the start of the season. But Goldson kind of blows hot and cold with me sometimes. I do believe we need a better quality of centre back. I still believe we need a creative spark in midfield, if I'm being honest, or at least to cover. Um, potentially, excuse me, losing Morelos. We don't know how Defoe's going to be next year. I mean, he is getting on a bit. Um, Kyle Lafferty's out of the team as far as I'm aware. Glenn Middleton can get a sniff. You know, it's just uncertain times. I mean, I'm hopeful, but I'm just uncertain at the moment. Yeah, I, I think he's absolutely right in saying that a number 10 for me is paramount. I know they tried to get the boy Wilson, who went to Derby and had a brilliant season. So he's trying to identify someone who can come in, make an impact, get goals, create things when it's uh, really tight. Uh, I agree as well in terms of a number nine. Uh, in terms of uh, the centre half by uh, Golson going back, and most certainly they'll have to bring in another centre half. Uh, it looks to me as if Golson's getting towards the end of a really long season Having had two years pretty much out Where he hasn't had a lot of game time And um, you know they may well need another well, they, Don't forget you've still got Dorans and Murphy to come back Whether they have a, a bearing You know they boys have had really bad injuries So you know they have to reflect on that as well The other thing is that Celtic will spend money as well Alec you yeah. see, see the thing is That's an absolute certainty Do you know the interesting thing about the whole recruitment thing Because we could go through both Celtic and Rangers and sometimes it is a bit of a hit and miss mm. because you look at and, and there'll be plenty of players. You look at Lafferty hasn't really hit the heights. Bio hasn't been seen. You know, uh, you know, there's been players across the board have not really contributed a lot. Recruitment is very difficult, so it's about getting that right, really. Uh, Wolfman's got nards on Twitter. Says Rangers need Kent permanently. We need a fresh new striker, quality midfielder and defender. Uh, that is quite a list. Uh, what else have we got? Um... Oh, Marshall's not happy though. Why do you always put Rangers down? Next season is Rangers season, says Marshall. So we'll find, that may well be the case. We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, as I say, domination can wait in the eyes of the Rangers supporters. They just want a league title, either next season or the one thereafter. Gordon, uh, see, see for, is it Marshall? Is that the guy's name on Twitter? So see for Rangers to be the dominant force, they have to find a level of consistency and they also have to win games ugly. And for to do that, then they'll end up starting to bridge the gap a little bit. Yeah. Um, oh, I was just going to bring him back in and he's disappeared. That's fine. 01419511025, that's the number you need. Uh, we are on Twitter, at Clyde SSB as well. I mean, we've got a relatively small sample left, Alex. What have we got? The post-split fixtures left. That's it really for Rangers. It's the five games. Um, can, can players still 
play for their futures in in those five games? Well, they they have an obligation, Gordon, in terms of you know making some sort of impact. For me, I think Stephen Gerrard will have an idea of who's coming, who's going. I don't think the the next five games will have any bearing at all. You've usually made up your mind what we thirty odd games into the season already. This is a big game uh, Saturday lunchtime uh, against Hearts Huge, because yeah. yeah because if they it's one of the teams that they've actually managed to get really good results in the top six against so if they can manage to win that they all, they then have three home games against Aberdeen Hibs Celtic but they, they can't go out with a whimper Dave King's out today he's trying to do a sales pitch yeah and if they kind of stumble over a line and the gap gets bigger people will be going Phew. I I have no doubt Gordon that season tickets will. Fly off the shelves And Rangers will start Next season Whenever they play At Ibrooks In front of a full house I have no doubt But Dave King Is just trying to Keep everyone On side at the moment uh, Grant is a Rangers fan In Cumbernauld What do you make of it Grant Are Rangers within Tangible reach Of being a dominant force In Scottish football <laughs> Yes and no um, As I said Same with Hughes Keevan says there uh, As a sales pitch By Dave King but season tickets are going to fly because regardless of 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 what happens over the next five games, Rangers fans are always going to snap up season tickets in great numbers. What I believe is that the recruitment's going to need to be... The recruitment's been good for this season. As, the, as I say, the strides have been there, the improvement's been made, the European run, but it's not been backed up with the consistency in the league or a trophy quarter-final exit and a semi-final exit isn't good enough. Um the recruitment is going to be key once again, but it's going to need to be a step up. Again, that comes down to money, as it always does with Rangers. Um, but the recruitment's going to need to be a step up, probably, I would say, um, certainly defensively, um, but definitely from midfield to front. Because we've got the talent there, I generally believe, with the midfielders that Rangers have. We've got we've got a, a good quality of talent in the midfield. It's just get working from the middle to the front. I think the last caller mentioned a number when 10. It, when it comes to Rangers finances, you know, I wouldn't stand here and pretend to know. I can go onto social media and that there are people there who can tell you, so as far as they're concerned, <laughs> to within £1.50 how much Rangers have got. I don't know. I do know that a fair amount of money has already been devoted to building up Stephen Gerrard's squad and... In brutally hard terms Hasn't worked Because It might be the case That Celtic Win a treble treble And Rangers Will end the season Trophyless So therefore It hasn't worked So far But I wouldn't Pretend to know How much more money Rangers have to throw at this I mean Alex when, when, it talk, when you talk about recruitment There are a number of things that can happen And sometimes like everything in football You might actually just require a little bit of luck Is it perhaps the case that Rangers actually need to Get every one of them right And that's not easy But you've mentioned you know, Because Celtic have brought in guys That Absolutely. haven't worked But maybe they're in more of a position To carry those guys Because they've got other <laughs> Might it be that Rangers Just need to nail every single signing They make this summer Yeah listen Gordon it's just, It will be extremely difficult To get them all right It's just because of the nature of it People not settling They don't particularly settle To the style of play The environment Depending where you're getting them from uh, The one thing that Celtic have In their favour is That they have A team that are full of internationals They have a nucleus Whereas Rangers were starting from scratch effectively last year because it was such a mess. And Hughes just said the other now that the 10 million it hasn't worked. For me, I can see a team that are actually so much better 
And can turn over anyone Whereas I didn't see that last year So it might take a couple of steps To get to a position Because you can't go from the bottom to the top To compete with Celtic With the players they have And the strength And it is a process And I think that the people at Rangers Acknowledge that And that's the reason why They're willing to refinance them again this summer How confident are you Grant That those in charge of recruitment At the club can get it right? Yeah absolutely um, I think I think with, I think with Mark, Al- Mark Allen um, I think I think some of the players that, that he's brought that he's brought in working with Stephen Gerrard um, have, have been good. Um, there was obviously some flops, the likes of the Sadiq loan and whatever else. So it was obviously, it's obviously still a work in progress, but it needs to be a work in progress quickly. Oh. But I, I've got to say, I fully trust the two of them. Okay, thank you to Grant in Cumbernauld. We've got a good full time teaser coming Lovely. up next for you to get the pen and paper ready. And we're also going to hear from a former Rangers manager on that Dave King statement. All coming up next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Alex Ray are here with me, Gordon Duncan, and tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. I think it's time for you two to tackle the full time teaser. Mm. You were horrific on Friday, weren't you? You and Craig Beatty had an absolute mare. And all Beatty's fault. There's a bit of a theme on that one because did you know seven years to the day? Mm-hmm. Since Celtic played Hearts in a Scottish Cup game at Hamden They're going to meet again at Hamden In the final uh-huh. But the the semi-final The Craig Beattie semi-final With yes, the top above yes. the head and all the rest of it Seven years ago to the day Okay You know what's coming next <laughs> I don't Yes Name the Celtic team Name the Celtic starting 11 Paul Hartley played that day For Celtic? No he didn't um, Mark Wilson? No Alright, just let me throw it out to the listeners in case you're just joining us Can you name the Celtic starting 11 The last time they played Hearts in a Scottish Cup game at Hamden The semi-final in 2012 Seven years ago to the day At Clyde SSB And remember, we'd love to have your questions in So if you want to send one, it's fulltime at Clyde1.com Gary Hooper Yes Joe Ledley Yes Who's your boy who scores for all the corners at Blackburn here? Charlie Mulgrew the boy that scores from all the corners <laughs> at Blackburn, Mulgrew. Just yes. Down, yes. Uh, Chris Mag- Commons. McGeady. Okay, we'll leave it there. McGeady, no Commons. Yes. So you've got four of the eleven. That's actually not too bad for your own standards. Yes, I would yes. say. Uh, we're going to hear from former Rangers manager Ali McCoist on that Dave King statement. Let's speak to John Paul and Faulthouse on it. Hi, John Paul. How's it going, guys? How's it going, Paul? Good. Thanks. What's on your mind? Uh, I was just looking to the show there. Um, I was just like, uh, my, my first point, I was going to my second point. I like to talk about Scott Brown, you know, and I think he's had a really rough time at the last few weeks now where he's been um, talking about him and, and his, his actions against the supposedly provoking the Rangers fans. But I just thought yesterday, um, the way he presented himself, and people have been talking about how that isn't how a captain should present himself. Yesterday, it was absolutely first class for the first minute. I thought everything he'd done. Um, and the way that it sweeped up, the way that it had to keep going forward. And I don't know if it was, but even after the first goal, and he's celebrating after that, he's coming around the plate and he's saying, John Paul, the line's not great. I'll get the producer to see if we can do something to clear it up. You got the gist of it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Praise yeah. for Scott Brown's performance yesterday. You know, um, he was inspirational, as a captain should be. Uh, his discipline was first class, uh, everything he did was efficient. Uh, and he was part of the all-round success story. I, I keep on saying this, and people misinterpret my words as if I am trying to create some sort of crisis. I am simply saying, Scott is at an age now where 
he is going to be used more sparingly in the future. And Celtic have a mammoth job of replacing Scott Brown. How could it not be that way? He's been such an important, dominant figure for a decade for Celtic. He's going to take some replacing. John Paul, I think we've got you back if you want to carry on. Yeah, I know, it was just to carry on about that. Um, but that was my point. Dave King's coming out with his last note of dice, may I add, um, to get some things on this. His range of last note of dice. But I just think the difference... Um, for me personally, Rangers have not had a Scott Brown. They've not had a leader um, as good as that. A leader on and who can who can get players going in the park like when they go and get tough. You know, you, you look at the difference to the way Scott Brown's carried the Celtic team at times and and the stuff he's done. You know, and and they talk about if they there and everybody's let him off the leash. He he's not a captain like Scott Brown. He he can't do what Scott Brown does. He can't win games like Scott Brown does. They can't do that. You know and. And everybody's talking about how they need to sign this, they need to sign that. They need to sign a leader like Scott Brown, somebody who can, who can, who like Scott Brown dictated Scottish football for easily the last six, seven years at his best. And that's my opinion. I just don't think they want somebody like that. Yeah, you're right in terms of what Scott Brown brings to the table. I think yesterday was just a a, a run of the mill Scott Brown, and when I say that, he just cruises through the game. He he puts blocks on. He enforces it when it's needed needs be and. Uh, but you know you're absolutely right in what you're saying in terms of the last six or seven years, Rick, because of uh, Rangers not having that level of player, and this is what Rangers need to get to. They have to attract better players that can compete with Celtic players at, at that level. Now, if Rangers have their strongest eleven, as you've seen in December, they can actually get a result. But they, it's the other games where they actually have to bridge the gap, and that takes leadership qualities as well. Mm. Stephen Gerrard's actually said this time after time, and if we take it away for the Scott Brown. He needs leaders to actually get over the line when it comes a bit nitty gritty. And again, I reiterate, it's about uh, consistency. Yeah. So is it actually a fair criticism? I know that comes from a Celtic fan and, and it, there might be Rangers fans out there going, how dare you say we need a, a Scott Brown? It's not about Scott Brown. I think the, the point was about the, the the role within the team. Is that something Rangers need? Yeah, well, they, they do, Gordon, but they don't grow in trees. I think it's one of the things, and, and Hugh just said a minute ago, he says when Celtic eventually lose Scott Brown, how do you replace him? Because they type of guys are like gold dust. And if you go back mm. to days when Rangers were a wee bit more formidable, the guys like McCall, Ian Ferguson, you know, guys who patrolled and boss games, uh, and they don't grow on trees. So it's about identifying that. And, you know, Rangers have to get players who can actually compete on a weekly basis. And when things are not going right, they actually need to get guys that are going to drive the team on to nick a result. I think when fans look at Scott Brown standing in the tunnel prior to a game beginning, as the teams are about to go out onto the park, and they look at that stare, that you you immediately think he's some man to have in the trenches beside you. I actually played with one someone who'd sorry just to a butty down there, but I actually played with Paul Inns who stood at the front of the tunnel with his top off. And people used to go, look at this character here. But you, 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 the the thing about Paul is he was able to back it up on the pitch. So it's great having a stair in a tunnel. But if you can back it up, oh yeah, that's the difference. And Brown does. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We are also on the teaser. You can help us at Clyde SSB. Uh, we're going to speak to Craig next, but let's hear from. Ali McCoist After Dave King said today He thinks Rangers are within tangible reach Of becoming a dominant force in Scottish football Ali McCoist believes they'll need quality signings Before that happens The chairman also said Stephen Gerrard will be backed in the summer McCoist believes it'll take four quality players How do you define tangible reach? You know what I mean? Listen There's definitely been an improvement I don't think there's any doubt about that But 
have to say, still, Celtic still look a better team by a bit. And that said, Rangers won the game before, Old Firm game before that one, and probably should have got something with 10 men. But you just feel if it came to the crunch, you think Celtic would have a wee bit too much for them. So I would agree with the theory that there's definitely been improvement with Rangers, but the fans, to a certain degree, don't want to be within reach they want to be alongside and it's going to take I certainly think three, four certainly four players for them to do that as well you know it's a massive summer I think for Rangers whether they take the money from the Rangers take the money for Tavernier and reinvest it but the fact of the matter I, I certainly think they're three or four players away Stephen and Gary are intelligent men they'll know that the manager clearly will need support you know in the, in, in, in the market in the summer but I think he's going to get it. You know, hopefully he's going to get it because, as I say, they could see that there's still a bit to go for Rangers to be back challenging. Opinions flowing in on Twitter. Carr says players like Flanagan, Macaulay, Gresda, Lafferty, and Middleton have been a waste of money. Plus, Koulibaly, Kent, Worrell will return to their clubs. That's effectively eight players uh, Rangers need to replace. That's on Twitter at Clyde SSB. What about Craig on the phone? Hi, Craig. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Q. Alex. Um, yeah, see, I think that um, see, I'm a bit more positive than the, the, the last couple of Rangers fans that you had on about it because I do think you know, um, although we've not won trophies this season, there has you know been tangible improvement. You know, we're second, uh, comfortably second, and I think that in itself, okay, it's not ideal because we won trophies, but I think that in itself is considering last season we were going to Easter Road, um, needing Aberdeen to go and drop points, and then you know needing to beat. Hibs as well, you know, to even get second place, I think to be comfortably there is good. But I think in the summer, you know, we need to be signing. Um, in my opinion, I think we need a strip work, you know, another striker, probably two midfielders and a defender. But where the defence is concerned, I actually think we could be doing with, with an Alex Ray, you know, a, a wee nipper, somebody who's aggressive but in a, a good manner, who's not. You know, I mean, don't bring I saw Alec a few times getting overly aggressive, but, you know, getting aggressive to a point where you're, you're standing, you're going, you're letting people know you're going to be in for a game here whilst making sure you're staying on the right side, you know, of, of the rules and not getting yourself sent off, which we don't have because we've got too many people who try and be aggressive but go overly aggressive and end up with red cards and yellow cards. So I definitely think we need, need somebody like that um, in the team in the summer. And I think Dave King... My problem with his comments is that it adds fuel to the already soaringly high expectations of the Rangers fans. I think we have to be realistic about where we are just now as a club. You know, we are second. That's where we are. We're not at this point near Celtic. You know, the gaps, has it closed? Maybe a bit. Um, and I think we put too much expectation on ourselves because we think, you know, we're getting to Europe at the start of the season and it was all, oh, you know, we're going to be winning trophies, we're going to catch Celtic. No, you know, we need to forget that and just concentrate on building for where we are now. There has, to be, manage it. there has to be a clear understanding of the words that have been used here. Tangible means something that's sitting in the trophy room, something you can see and touch. A trophy. That's a tangible sign of improvement. For the Rangers supporters, I know what you're saying, and I wouldn't disagree as such. But and I appreciate I'm using an extreme example. If you were tw- if you finished thirty points behind one season, and you then finished five points behind the next, that would be a tangible sign of improvement, would it not? Well, it would be a visible yeah. oh. sign of improvement, but it would not be tangible because you can't touch it. 
And the Rangers supporters don't care about the League Cup and don't care about the Scottish Cup. The next two years are devoted solely to winning the title and stopping Celtic mm. in their tracks as they go for 10 in a row. I get I, that, but surely if you're talking about some a trophy in the cabinet, then they do care about it because that would be the tangible sign that yeah, you just said. Yeah, but we, we live in strange times, uncomplicated times, because the main worry that the Rangers supporters have is that Celtic win 10 in a row. The main hope the Celtic supporters have is that they win 10 in a row. Therefore, that is the only thing that truly matters over the next two years. And there's the balancing act, Alex Ray, because Craig is on the phone saying his problem as a Rangers fan, his problem with Dave King's statement is that it's going to raise expectations too much. He thinks expectations need to be tempered. But Hugh's outlining the reality that you've got two years to try and stop Celtic winning the the 10 in a row. So where's the balance lie between those two? Gordon, the actual reality is that within the the two years in which Hugh touches upon is that they need to stop it. That's the case. That is what everybody's talking about. Celtic are desperate to get there. Rangers are desperate to stop it. And it's about finding a way to get there. And it's interesting because in terms of the Cups, the the, the two Cup competitions have been a a disaster for Rangers this year. Let's Mm. let's no sugarcoat it. They had opportunities to, to beat Aberdeen down here and they never uh, rose to the occasion. In terms of the league, I think we all said at the start of the season they'll finish where they are. If they can get more points, then obviously you're looking to say, right, okay, there's slight improvement there as well. But when you actually reflect back in the whole season, there will be periods. And I think, again, because you're just, as I begin back to the recruitment thing, so you bring in 20 players, 18, 20 players going, you obviously know that things are not going to work there. The ones you, you can build on. Celtic have a nucleus like that and then they add three or four every year. Uh, Celtic are going to have to do more of that this summer but Rangers also have to add more quality uh, Craig, final word to you Yeah, well, listen, I agree with a lot of what the guys have said there um, I think, I, I slightly disagree with you, you know, saying that the Rangers fans, that, that we don't care about the League Cup or the Scottish Cup of course we do, you know, we that was for a lot of Rangers fans this season um, winning the, the League Cup or the Scottish Cup, it was an opportunity, as you rightly said to you, to show tangible improvement, to get a trophy in the cabinet. And, and they ruined it. And frankly, you know, for, for a club like Rangers, even where we are just now, for us to be consistently failing to even get to cup finals, never mind winning, that, that is what's not good enough. Yes, we want to catch Celtic and stop 10 in a row, but how on earth are we ever going to do that if we can't even get past Aberdeen or Motherwell to get to a cup final? You know, that's... That's where I think that the gap has to be bridged. But you know, I accept. Of course, ten in a row is something we want to stop. But we want to get trophies along the way as well. Okay, Craig, I'm just going to leave it there if you don't mind. Thanks for that. We're running a little bit uh, short on time. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. We're on Twitter as well at Clyde SSB. Zaydan says everyone says Celtic have better players due to money. That's true. But Celtic's best players are from the youth system. Tierney, McGregor, Forrest. If Rangers were to do this, they could easily save. Money. What about your teaser then? We're looking for Celtic starting 11. The last time they played Hearts in a Scottish Cup game at Hamden, Samaras. It was seven years to the day, the semi final in 2012. You've got Mulgrew, Commons, Ledley, Hooper. Samaras. Yes. Fraser Forster. Yes. Wanyama. No. Oof. James Forrest. No, would you believe? But we'll get the answers hopefully next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Into the final part mm. of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. A bit of work to be done 
On the full time teaser I must say If you want to send a question in And we would really love to have it Send it to fulltime At Clyde1.com This one's been sent in tonight And it's Can you name the Celtic starting 11 The last time they played Hearts In a Scottish Cup game at Hamden Seven years to the day That infamous semi-final In 2012 You're actually doing quite well You've got Fraser Foster Charlie Mulgrew Chris Commons Joel Edley Georgios Samaras And Gary Hooper Was Lustig there? He was Yes. Good shout, Shog. Um, is it Gary? On the bench, I'm afraid. Oh. Adam Matthews. No. Mm. Big McManus. No. Nope. I'm afraid not. Oof. Anthony Stokes. On the bench as well, I think. Uh. Four to go. <laughs> Struggling. All right, we'll leave it there. Richard is next up. Richard's on the line. We'll get to Richard in just a second. I want to hear from Gary Caldwell quickly first. Um, it was another huge weekend in the Championship Wasn't it? Thistle have dropped to the bottom But he says the league table doesn't matter At the moment He's only looking at it once the season finishes And was happy how they played in the goalless draw with Ross County Yeah, I thought we played really well Really good plan Boys executed it really well Created probably three good opportunities first half And then more second half And I just said that to them Performance, excellent Just got to be a bit more clinical In the box in the final third To go and win the game But delighted with the way they played It's another point to total When we, we move on to next week How do you look at it When you go in and you see that Falkirk have won late And Aloha have won late Do you take solace in the fact It's still in your own hands And you've got the game in hand? Didn't know they'd won It's the first I've known I said to the players We've got 12 points to play for We focus on next week We know it's a big game and if we win every game, we stay in this league. And it's it's as simple as that. And our focus is on performance. And I think today you've seen a team, you know, they're top of this league. Yeah. We are down the bottom of it. And we outplayed them for, for large spells in the game, created more opportunities than them. Uh, just need to be more clinical. So I've no, no worries with the next four games. I believe in these players that they can go and get the points we need. The league table doesn't matter until the last game of the season. That's when every team will be judged Because they will finish there And they can't get any more points So we don't look at the league table Till after Queen of, uh, Queen of the South away Hugh I feel like more people need to know About the bottom of the Scottish Championship oh, yeah. Because it's incredible Four points separating the entire bottom half of the league mm. Part time Alawa are now up to sixth yep. They're just so much interest there I wish more people would know about it Out with the game Well we'll know about Scotland. it next Saturday When we're on air Because Partick Thistle will be at home to Alloa Jim Goodwin was on the programme last Saturday And spoke extremely well If they get a win at Partick Thistle Then don't worry Gary Caldwell will be looking at the table Saturday night it, You know, When he says he won't look at the table Until the last day of the season I don't believe him uh, so it's a major game of football Partick Thistle and Alloa Queen of the South have won One of their last 12 matches There's no more Stephen Dobby The scorer of all those goals So they're in free fall They look to me To be in a bit of bother Queen of the South uh, And You know They might be Either relegated automatically Or in the playoff Hugh that's the last game of the season Queen of the South Versus Partick Thistle yeah. Down there What an absolute oh, That could be a decider I mean we had Jim Goodwin on the show at the weekend Even if Alloa do go down Which doesn't look likely at the moment He probably still goes down as one of the success stories of the season Hugh, Just given what they've done as a part-time team But when you look amongst that Partick Thistle, Falkirk, Dunfermline yeah. Teams that I mean, on paper are too big to go down But we know there's no such thing No, absolutely not And uh, yeah, the feeling all along As I said to you on Friday night Jim Goodwin's the man who's thrown the spanner into the works Four wins on the bounce. Those 12 points are huge. Those 12 points have frightened the life out of Patrick Thistle, Falkirk, Queen of the South, everybody else down there. 
and if he gets five wins on the bounce, he's all right. They're, they're safe. They can actually jump in another position as well, Gordon. You know, they're only three points ahead, uh, Dunfermline. A slight different uh, goal difference, but you know, when you consider a part time team at that level to win four in the bounces, some going. Let's speak to Richard on the line. Richard is from Salcoats. Hi, Richard. Hi, Gordon. Hi, Hugh. Hi, Alex. Hi. How you doing? Good. Right, just a wee quick point. Uh, maybe about eight weeks ago when Lennon came in. It's about eight weeks ago, maybe now. Roughly. The night that Lennon, the night that Lennon came in, I was I phoned up to talk to the three of you, uh, and I was saying I was more in favour of a marquee signing. I didn't think Neil Lennon was the man for the job long term. I'm starting to change my mind. Uh, I think the guy needs a bit of time now. I think there's signs there of he's not playing the loan signings that came in. The loan signing has done uh, pretty well under Brendan Rodgers. For example, Oliver Buck, um, Timmy Weir, uh, Tolian. They're, they're all doing uh, fairly well. I think Lennon's been, been possibly given a remit of, listen, you want this job next year, you need to show me, show law, show the board that you can sculpt a team together from now to the end of the season without the loan signings and then we'll try and add to it in the summer and I think that's my very brief um, and I just wanted to know your thoughts on that Well, the, the, Richard, of all the names that you've heard so far from Rafa Benitez to AVB uh, do you think any of those are attainable? Would you imagine that Rafa Benitez would come to Scottish football? I don't think any of them are realistic whatsoever I don't see Rafa Benitez coming to Scottish football I'm not particularly interested in AVB, even though I think AVB would be a, a top quality coach, which I think is what maybe the Celtic players need um, as, a, as a top quality coach, because that's what Brendan Rodgers was. Yeah. Um, I don't think Roberto Martinez is going to be in a rush to leave the number one seat national side in the world. I think it's right uh, that Celtic. Are these names also not what what Neil Lennon says Dermot Desmond called no, nonsense? Anyway, yeah. So. I mean, for me. As things stand, at 10 minutes to 8 on Monday the 15th of April, Neil Lennon is in the pole position here. But who knows what happens between now and the 25th of May Scottish Cup final day. And that's why Dermot Desmond and Peter Lawwell are just letting things go. Neil Lennon is doing a decent job as the manager. He's had a terrific result yesterday. I repeat, for me... For me, for me, yesterday was the turning of a corner. Yeah, it looked it looked like for the first time since Neil Lennon took over from Brendan Rodgers, it looked like manager and players were compatible, and yes. it was a convincing performance. Whereas others like Dundee away, St Mirren away, Hearts away, Aberdeen at home, Rangers had been yes undefeated. But unconvincing at the same time. Yesterday looked to me like manager and players compatible. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, uh, and that's why I'm starting to think, you know, like the guy needs a bit more time. Uh, obviously, it's came at the, the wrong point of the season to, to bring someone in, and he's done a great job for being the guy to take the reins when we needed it. But I do think, give him the time, uh, and hopefully over the summer, give him the right support that he needs. Um, I think the Celtic have had a, a little difficult, well, some difficulties this season that are actually a wee bit strange. Obviously, with Brendan moving on, 
with Tierney out for some time, Roderick was away and then he was out. Um, Griffiths hasn't been there since maybe yeah. October, November. That's quite an abnormal season for Celtic. Richard, never mind any of this. Do you remember the Hearts game seven years ago? I do. Any I'm idea? Who played no. <laughs> Richard knows the score. See, that's you know, I actually went. I actually thought Stokes. It was a definite. But I'm sure he came on as a sub. He did. He was on the bench. I'm afraid. And I'm not too sure whether you've even mentioned Scott Brown. Richard, consider yourself cut off. <laughs> <laughs> How could we miss Bruni? I know, do you know what I loved about it is because he was banging on. The, call, the last caller said something about Scott Brown had dominated Scottish football for whatever. Um, and then Hugh was banging on about how, yeah, he's always there, ever present. Er, Celtic are going to struggle to replace him. Yeah. And you didn't even consider him on the team. I was just what about chance to see it, actually. Yeah, but love I've wrote him down. I'm only kidding, Richard, by the way. Thanks for your call. Thanks, See you there. Bye bye. <laughs> Scott Brown, well done. Uh, just quickly, then, before we move on, we. I've got an exciting end to the league to look forward to now, Hugh. This is us. Yeah. We're, we're back. The rest of the top flight teams took a bit of a rest. And uh, here we go again, building up to a huge weekend. You just don't know. Rangers have had hearts to keep this season. Hearts can't lay a glove on Rangers. However, hearts are in the cup final. And players will be playing for their places And Rangers are at Hearts on Saturday Who knows If Rangers were to lose at Tynecastle, Celtic could win the league at Easter Road the following day But I don't think it will happen You two have got three more names to give me On this teaser You've got Scott Brown yeah. So what oh. position are we looking for? You've got two defenders to get two you're, defenders. you're struggling on the defensive front yep. So McGrew must have played that thing mate um, Did we mention Steve McManus? Yeah he's not yes. one Hmm oh. Now you said Mark Wilson And that was wrong Oh Kelvin Kelvin Wilson Now this I one never got him The other defender I knew this one Would be the hardest I must say um, Could be a foreigner you. Dutch No Virgil No No, no. He might oh, Now you're testing me He might play with your Former club Sunderland now Alex Does he Leuven's uh, yes. Belgian is he Belgian? I don't know but well, there we go. <laughs> I think you're at it Right uh, Glenn Leuvens is one of them anyway Let's not worry about that too much You've got the last one He's a midfielder Central Oh no wider isn't he? No no Yeah central So you've got Brown Keyson Young Oh there he is That is one of your best shouts On the teaser for many a year That wouldn't Sean. be hard You set the bar pretty low yeah. But well done Key Sung Young You've got there in the end But I've got Tiger Woods autograph Love him <laughs> look, look how chuffed he is with himself <laughs> oh, he's, oh he's delighted Well done Hugh Keevans uh, Thanks to you and Alex Ray For joining me Thank you for all the calls And tweets and keeping us company Back tomorrow With Gordon DL And Roger Hanna We'd love it if you'd join us One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com.